talk to me. Information, news, and entertainment on demand. Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello and welcome back. My name is Clarice Connolly. I am a women's empowerment coach who works with entrepreneurial women who are living life without a purpose or an unclear purpose and who are struggling with self-esteem that maybe don't know what they want and are really ready to reinvent their life. And today I am sitting with the ever so beautiful Sage who is joining me and we're going to have a talk around loving confrontation. And I... I turned 30. I celebrated with my aunt in New Zealand. My aunt is like my best friend, my mentor, my big sister. Um, She's my rent-a-mom. I don't know. (laughs) She is someone who's been safe, someone who's been there for me when I was so lost as a teenager. Like uh, I wouldn't have spent it with anyone else. It was just so marvelous to spend two weeks in New Zealand Uh, It's my first big trip out of the country, and it was more than I'd ever anticipated. And I, I really, what stood out to me the most was our loving confrontation. It, there were moments where my aunt uh, reminded me of my dad, and you know, triggered me as my dad triggered me in my childhood years. And there were moments where I triggered her, like my dad. So this is her brother. And one of the biggest things for me that stood out was while I'm working and have been working on for the past almost year and a half now, um, disordered eating, Mm. I, I kept getting confronted. Like I kept, uh, we would eat lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner out to eat. And we would eat and it would just be this commentary of like, Oh man, have you tasted that? Did you like two bites left? And it's like, did you even taste that? You know, and these subtle like nuances that really evoked a lot of food shame for me. And my pattern as a child was just, just like, oh, he just he isn't my dad, just is just trying to show me love, or he just he's just trying to help, or whatever, you know, you make up as a kid to suffer through it. Suffer through it, right? And I so I just suffered. Like I just took it and was like, Oh man, that's normal, right? That's that's my norm. That's what my dad did, whatever. And so automatically, you know, the first couple of meals, I just suffered through it. Like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Like, man, I should have slowed down. Like, oh, like, hmm, you know, and, and then it just it evokes the anxiety and the shame where I just want to order another meal and s- slow down this time. And, you know, um, it, it took maybe, I don't know, a whole day of meals to kind of like, oh, my God, my blood's going to boil. I'm going to rip someone's head off. And then you know, the next time it happened, it was just like viciously attacking, like, dude, <laughs> stop, right? Or, you know, whatever I said, and maybe I blacked out because I was so nervous. <laughs> it's the first time I ever confronted someone. Um, and then noticing again, you know, the second time I just wanted to explode and like say all these mean things. And I, you know, said like, you're not going to fix me in two days, right? 
And in that, like, you know, it just, she got very small and was just like, oh, you know, I just was trying to help. And it just was like, you know, for the, for the sixth meal in two days, <laughs> it was just really, you know, the timing may be off. I'm just, you know, some summation, but you know, it, it, I just wanted to leave. I was just like, I can't take this anymore. This is driving up some serious stuff. I didn't know it was going to be like this. This mm-hmm. is awful. And when I finally reached out to a friend, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how to do this differently. I just feel like a punching bag and I'm just like, no wonder, you know, I have all this food stuff I'm working on. And in that, she just gave me like, well, why don't you talk to her about it? (laughs) And it was just like, oh, it's that easy. You know, it's just like, yeah, I told her I told her to F and stop. Right. Or like whatever I said. Um, And so what the gift that came to me from this is, is really what the inspiration is that I wanted to share this with you is that, you know, in my friend just saying, just talk to her, right? Like I just was like, Oh, well, how do I even approach it? Right? Like I was outside of the trigger. I wasn't being food shamed. I just had this moment where we, you know, started a deep conversation. We road tripped. So we road tripped to like 12 different cities and in 12 different days. And, um, we get in the car and we kind of, I just this start with your aunt. Yeah. I start with my aunt around this conversation of like, Hey, like, you know, I've spent a year working on like my relationship to food. This is, um, you know, really hard stuff. Uh, you know, here's all the ways in which I've, I've gotten better. You know, I don't reach for sweets when I'm stressed out. I don't. And, um, you know, just kind of educated her on mm-hmm. like, what's so like, this is, you know, and um, I just reflected like, hey, like, you know, when you tell me I'm eating too fast and I've got two bites left, like I I really want to um, eat more in spite of it, you know, or it just really just puts me back into like this place. And and in that, I like gifted her with the opportunity to hear herself and hear how she's landing and hear how she's um being portrayed or, you know, what she's saying is, is, is coming across. And so I really want to dive in for the entire hour of, you know, how can you have a really hard or vulnerable situation? How can you really take, um, something that's hard? Mine was probably like a level eight, nine, (laughs) but we can dive into stuff that are like level twos or level threes or whatever it is. And really kind of break apart, like the power in loving confrontation yeah, and, and I think one other part of that is, um, like, these are things that we learned as children, and so we mm-hmm. didn't get to practice love and confrontation then, and mm-hmm. how can we go back and re yeah. rewrite the script on that? Yeah, absolutely. I love that piece. That's so that's so profound, right? Because in, in that experience, it's exactly what I got to do, and we, we're going to spend a segment diving into that and rewriting the script and, you know, really just practicing and creating it and having it go differently. But it's like, you know, what can you do when you have something that really gets under your skin or you have something that really triggers you? Like I I literally felt like in certain moments where I'm like, oh my, get me on a plane. (laughs) I'm out of here. Like we're done. We're taking separate, you know, separate trips. I'm staying in a different place. But, you know, you could be so reactive like that. Like you could very well be so pushed mm-hmm. into, I could have, you know, continued to attack her every time she said it. I could have continued to make her feel very small every time it happened. 
right? And in that conversation, you know, she was so mind blown because her abrasiveness can can push people away and pe- people feel scared mm-hmm. to confront someone with who's abrasive. And, you know, she may have never been told that. And she may have never known or heard that that's how she gets perceived or when she says those things, right? And we really got to talk about, like you were saying, the... The origin. The origin. And how, like, that's how her father spoke to her. And that's how her brother, which is my dad, like, parroted or modeled, you know, or really just did exactly what her his dad did mm-hmm. and how getting it from your dad and your brother mm-hmm. um you know and in her just saying like oh i was just trying to help you know you're just like oh because who actually gets modeled a healthy way to help people right it's like who what is healthy yeah and i think that teaches us you know maybe a little bit separately but about our value and so when we learn that that's the way that we are treated, like that's what's normal, mm-hmm. you know, that tells us what kind of love we're willing to receive. And so if we can start to expand that idea past, you know, I don't actually deserve that and maybe mm-hmm. I I need to redefine what love looks like to me and not rationalize it because people aren't able to express it the ways we want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's, um, and that's probably... I feel like I owe a lot to Sage personally because before moving into um, the Shakti Rising house, I had no idea I had like any form of disordered eating. Um, I think that that, you know, I was just a binge eater by nature. And, you know, as a competitive swimmer, I just, you know, swam two hours in the morning and then was famished by the end of the night. Mm -hmm. So power eating through anything was like nature, second nature, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, um, being afraid of starches and carbohydrates because I no longer swim or burn it off was totally something my, you know, dad would say like, Oh, Mm -hmm. if you're going to keep eating all that pasta, you better start riding your bike. You better start learning how to run, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, how much of what we're being fed or being told (laughs) (laughs) physically and literally, um, becomes what we believe right Mm -hmm. and how much of how it's gone is automatically or subconsciously how it continues to go until we say so Mm -hmm. so you know what do you want like what do you want to create you know how can you look at while my story may be wildly different than yours may your situation be something other than you know disordered eating but how can you hear yourself and what I'm sharing and like what can you see is the next thing to break up? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're really going to dive into how you can rewrite your story and how loving confrontation can be the thing that you need to take on to like have it go differently and really just dive into like what that looks like and how to how to approach it. So tune in and we'll dive into more. Next. 
Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business Radio. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. It's for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. It'll help you to work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, go to scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. On the Internet, your business's reputation can be unjustly destroyed in an instant. Don't wait for that to happen. Building and marketing your five-star reputation can increase your business by as much as 19%. Take control of your reputation and have the five-star reputation you deserve with Reputation Marketing Solutions by DSI Development. Become the go-to company by visiting 5starrepmarketing.com. The number 5starrepmarketing.com. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Has your business been appified? Are you tired of doing marketing that doesn't deliver results? Mobile apps build loyalty and quality retention. Your app from UPG Mobile puts your business on their mind and at their fingertips. UPG Mobile will give you a custom app highlighting how you are unique, targeting your message, and improving your open rates. Appify your business and amplify your presence with your customers at upgmobilemarketinggroup.com. In the military, things can change in an instant. The Navy Mutual Aid Association, we understand because it's our life too. That's why our dedication to serving the life insurance needs of our military veterans and their families is unrivaled. Navy Mutual offers superior life insurance protection without military service restrictions and limitations. A single focus on providing the peace of mind military families are looking for. That's what we do. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Call 800-628-6011 or go to NavyMutual.org. Talk to me. Information, news, and entertainment on demand. Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello and welcome back to Heart Empowered Women Radio where we are hoping to speak to your heart and empower your actions. Yeah. This is my beautiful <laughs> guest co-host, Sage. And 
We're just jumping into the vulnerable and really just bringing you real life examples. And while they may not be exactly your story and you may not be working with exactly this type of material, like how can you hear yourself in this? And what is the thing that's really pulling on your strings to get you to take some action? Um, and I love this next piece again. Like I, I owe so much to Sage um, in her approach. And I think that it feels really important. Uh, again, like I said, moving into the Shakti rising house, I um, was unaware of my disordered eating and uh, I just have a lot of triggers around food. Everything else I'm pretty good at and pretty good with, but food used to just really, really get me. And um, living in the house with Sage, who's been working with bulimia for 10 years? Yeah, I'd say that. Uh, just seeing her have her strong boundaries of like, you know, asking for permission. Can we not have this around? Can we not have this around? Or really just being open and vulnerable with where she was at um, really kind of built some trust for me and gave me permission to have my weird quirky, like I can't eat soup and I hate <laughs> pasta with potatoes and like, french fries like it's just like a big carby meal just sends me off the deep end um and just being witness to her vulnerability and her openness and and that there is a different way to relate to food and there is work that can be done um really gave her permission yeah i think the two stories are um yeah our our individual stories relate in that way where we kind of got to cross paths within disordered eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, by that time, I had already been aware that I was bulimic, you know, mm-hmm. for years. And, you know, even though the problem subsided in some ways, like there was just all of these new, um, just like patterns I was noticing. And I was very, it was very easy for me to identify them because I had been noticing them for 10 years Mm -hmm. or whatever. So Mm -hmm. when I first got into the house, it was um, easier for me to ask for things and to say what was happening for me because I already related it to food specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like in relation to loving confrontation, what got to happen was one, I got to model something that was medicine for you, like Mm -hmm. something that you needed to be able to access a deeper part of your relationship with food. Mm Mm-hmm. But then within that connection, I was able to address you directly about things that I saw Mm -hmm. for you that were happening that I've already been through that like I Mm -hmm. totally had the same experience at one point. Mm -hmm. And I think like if I'm remembering correctly, like the way that the, the way that all went down was like, I actually didn't even know that I was doing love and confrontation. Mm -hmm. Like I honestly was just like, I was grounded in it because I had experienced it and I was witnessing you go through that experience and was just like noticing. Mm-hmm. And I think I said something simple like, hey, like what's going on for you right now? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think there was like a part of you that didn't even know something was going on for you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, it was like around the dinner table or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think even that simple ask of, you know, inviting you to be vulnerable with me Mm -hmm. um that invitation is 
can be a part of loving confrontation. So I don't even have, I don't have to like tell you what you're doing wrong. I can just be like, Hey, like, do you feel anything right now? Are you noticing anything? Can Mm -hmm. you like be present for a second and like figure out what is happening? You tell me, you know, I don't have to tell you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a huge thing, right? Like this is, this has little to no trigger for you, right? Like this is like something that, you know, can be a level two or a level one or like the risk Mm -hmm. of like having asking someone what's going on um, when they're having a hard time. Right. So it's like, you know, in that you get to, you're not invested or you're like not scared of an outcome. It's just like sheer curiosity. So it's like if we're rewriting our story, um, you know, where my aunt has this certain way of like, you need to eat slower and I'm not meeting the criteria. Right. It's like, that doesn't work when someone's pounding at you mm-hmm. obsessive and not obsessively, abrasively. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if you approached it with curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Like, so, you know, this is kind of, this is the pivot point. Like in you're noticing something or maybe it's not going the way you thought or you know how it goes or whatever it is. Like, what if you just brought loving curiosity, mm-hmm. right? And how that feels like, for me, it felt safe. Like it was just like, oh, she's asking me about me. Okay. Um, and for me, it's like, as soon as the food hits the table, like I am unconscious, like I am just like food to fork to mouth, food to fork to mouth, food to fork to mouth, like until it's gone and repeat, you know? (laughs) Um, and so like in that gift, it was kind of like, I don't know what's happening for me actually, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of pulled me out of this subconsciously eating food to kind of sit with like what is happening mm-hmm. um, and the gift that that gave me, right? Like, and it feels like continually having done that and or ways that you'd had approached me um, really kind of had me notice like, oh, like I'm really triggered. Um, and I can't think of a specific example, but I know my first season was brutal. <laughs> um But in that, right, like it's not like there's not a one size fits all, but it's like how can you put the power in the other person's hand? Yeah, and I think, and yeah, I think the power being in the person that's needing to do the expressing is really important. Like I'm not demanding from you. I'm not telling you something. I'm just witnessing you and asking for vulnerability. And like I think there's a place where you were also – much more ready than a lot of other people can be to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like that was what, you know, you're in this house and with these women to do that. Like that was your purpose for being there was to mm-hmm. get to uncover those things. So, you know, there is an element of like, you are definitely more willing to receive that than other people. And that can be a hard part of loving confrontation is like, you know, I also felt safe asking you because you, I know you, able to receive Mm -hmm. whereas maybe with someone else I would be more hesitant to ask and that's you know like where maybe it becomes a higher level you know Mm -hmm. of loving confrontation like Mm -hmm. I get to ask this thing and there might be a bad outcome or there might be a reaction that comes with it Mm -hmm. absolutely and I really like you know we have so much opportunity and there's so much material present for us you know there's another roommate where um, you know, when she's abrasive or when she shuts down or when she like pulls energy, it, I hadn't even realized, right. There, there's probably been about a dozen uh, instances 
And, you know, we just we just pointed out to being passive aggressive. And then finally there was an instance where it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is reenacting my mom, mother daughter situation Mm. and my mother daughter like childhood where my mom gets upset about something. You don't say the right things or you poke at her even harder. She totally shuts down. And then it's like nobody can get in, you know, and then Mm -hmm. you just feel how the radiating anger. Mm -hmm. And it's like when I'm put in that situation, I've only gotten to the level of like, well, whatever you did this to yourself. I'm not coming to save you. Right. And like, that's not supportive. Like that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. That doesn't help me feel better. That does certainly doesn't help her feel better. (laughs) And in my freedom or in my just practice of like when she's abrasive, like totally could fire back at me. She's totally going to like whatever I do to make her mad. She's thrown it at me. And when I practice that, I get to like get the, get messy. Mm -hmm. And then I get the like effect of like practicing as if it were my mom. And, you know, then, you know, I give her an hour to relax and then she came back around and we had this really great conversation about how she didn't feel like, she was being heard or being witnessed and how, you know, she felt like it was me being passive aggressive and that I have a problem with her and really demeaning and that I, you know, it was just like she got to express herself. And there's so much power for that because she gets to be seen and heard where I get to come up with like, yeah, I hear you. And when you act like that, it triggers me. Mm -hmm. And from a triggered place, I'm super reactive and very like, I'm going to say the hard thing that like may sting you a little bit because I'm a Scorpio and it's fine. Um, but even talking it out is rewriting your story. Mm-hmm. Like even circling back around and having that conversation where I was like, here's what was happening for me. Yeah, well, here it was happening for me. And like we're committed to loving each other more than we are like hating each other because of how it's gone. Mm-hmm. Right. And the the really great distinction was to be able to like, look, it's going to keep happening. And like the more we get to get messy, the more we keep having it happen, the more like liberation we're going to get from it. Like the less it's right. going to haunt us, the less it's going to be a thing, the less we're going to get triggered when the next person does it. And that's what re- rewriting your story looks like. Yeah, it's like almost coming out of this reactive place. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like part of the rewriting is asking for the thing that we are actually needing in that moment mm-hmm. of reaction. Like what... What does our story want to look like? What love do we? What mm-hmm. love are we needing in that situation? And how can we identify that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that was the thing that I was just kind of like, dude, when you don't think everyone's looking at you because you're telling a story, just be like, hi, can you guys look at me? Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to talk to you, right? And it's like you're not going to think about that when you're triggered until you practice it maybe a dozen more times. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, oh, all I, I needed can just ask. was <laughs> yeah, all I needed to do was ask because I felt like no one cared and mm-hmm. no one was looking. And that's like the gift of rewriting your story is like, you know, life's in a, you got a, a, a pen, write in pencil. You can, <laughs> you can erase it, right? And then jump back in and recreate what you want it to look like. But it's going to take practice. Right. It's going to take, you know, a little bit of noticing, a whole ton of awareness and a bunch of getting messy. So we're really going to dive in next to just jumping into what's, what's the possibility? What are we going to talk about? regarding loving confrontation and how much further we can go in so you can create a difference in your life today. If you heard that sound, you probably are eligible for insurance from Navy Mutual, insuring the men and women of the Navy, Marines, and Coast Guard. Here's what one policyholder, retired Navy Commander Thomas Dade, had to say. 
Navy Mutual is the best insurance decision I ever made. I wish you had a savings plan available that earned the rates my Navy Mutual insurance has been earning. Navy Mutual Aid Association, started by military members in 1879, serves active, reserve, and retired military today. Navy Mutual honors our military by providing them affordable life insurance with the features they need without fine print, sales fees, or military service restrictions. Value, integrity, trust, and stability are the cornerstones on which our commitment to you and your loved ones are built. Call Navy Mutual at 1-800-628-6011 or NavyMutual.org for your personal life insurance plan consultation. 1-800-628-6011 or NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, insuring those who serve. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Talk to me. Information, news, and entertainment on demand. WSRadio.com. Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Clarice Connolly and today we have Sage with us and we're just really diving into loving confrontation. Um, in this piece, we kind of have this idea of just talking about like what is the medicine in confronting people? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when are you willing? When are you holding back? Like, what does that even mean? You know, medicine? <laughs> what? Um, how would you describe like the medicine 
in loving confrontation? Hmm. I think a big thing about, or for me, loving confrontation can be, I mean, one, it just can be really difficult. Just like it can be difficult. And when we allow ourselves to continue through that difficulty and actually approach the loving confrontation and have that conversation with someone, the medicine within it for me, or like the way that I define that is giving someone the opportunity to work something out. Um, If I decide not to bring up something that's bothering me or that I know you know, it would be helpful for another person to be able to identify when I'm holding that back. I'm almost like being selfish. Like I'm almost mm-hmm. being just like, I don't want to deal with the conflict that comes with it. I'm going to withhold my medicine because it's too hard for me. Mm-hmm. And it's robbing other people of their healing and their awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have to be like lock and key for each other. We can't We need an outside source for some things. And Mm -hmm. if we just want other people to reflect to us and we're not willing to give that medicine back, it's just we're not going to grow collectively. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a huge piece, Um, the lock and key. So if you were to literally only take one thing from this conversation, like let it be lock and key, I... Um, I don't know how to simply explain this, so I'm just going to kind of use this example. But with this roommate who's abrasive, it's like if I don't keep speaking my truth or speaking my mind or getting messy with this person, like she is the the key to my lock and the lock symbolizes my relationship to my mom, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's like if I get comfortable practicing with her abrasiveness and receiving the energy towards me, if I practice like breaking up that, um, cause I'm really hurt. Like I, I right. want a better relationship with my mom. I want to be able to like understand my mom or help my mom or really just see past the anger, um, and to console her and feel connected. And, and it's like right now it's just like, nope, when she does that, I just can't, I can't, like, I can't sympathize She's not willing to work on it. She's not willing to like let me in. It's just like I give up, right? And that hurts. Like I I want a better relationship. So in, you know, practicing with my roommate, it's like I get to actually hear on loudspeaker like what is the experience that my roommate's having. And when she shares that, it's like, oh man, like does my mom like experience that too? Like she mirrors my mom, you know? And it's like in me practicing I get to uh, come like at the situation differently every time. Mm-hmm. And I get to see what works, what doesn't. Like reflecting to her while she's triggered that like you did this to yourself and you <laughs> are pulling all the energy and no one's coming to save you. Like that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Like that's not productive. And so it's like every time I get to practice differently, I get to like find the way that I wiggle my key into the lock and like it's like maybe I get to practice. I don't know what said thing is yet. So this is why I can't finish this <laughs> metaphor. But it's like maybe if I showed up with co- compassion and empathy and that's the thing that diffuses my roommate's trigger, then maybe that same exact thing is the thing that will diffuse my mom's trigger mm-hmm. so that when I go home and visit, like I can be with her anger. I can use that lock or that key in her lock. And I can have actually have access to a different relationship that I want to create 
with intentionality, with love, with compassion, with understanding. And if I don't practice this, if I don't keep going in and getting messy and potentially getting hurt or hurting others, then I, I, I miss out on that. Yeah. And I think there's, um, even within that metaphor of lock and key with the, a specific roommate, you know, and you're saying it connects to this larger, deeper story Mm -hmm. of your mother. There's a way that when we rewrite our pattern with one situation, such as a roommate, which is almost Mm -hmm. like a a lesser trigger, Mm -hmm. um, we, it has like a ripple out effect. So we address the problem and the pattern in one place and it gets to kind of expand, um, and bring light to other places where we have that same pattern. And then you go to address it there and it's, you know, maybe with, with the roommate, there's a level six trigger with mom, it's 10. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now with roommate, it's three. And with mom, it's seven. Right. Like, we, you know, we get Absolutely. to lessen each thing. And it's and it's really great, too. I think that's important to distinguish. Like, what do you have more facility with? Like, what mm-hmm. are you, you know, are you a person that's, like, always angry? And so angry people don't intimidate you. Like, it's just like, nope, I got no problem talking mad, you know, anger to people that are mad. Um you know, and if you're an angry person, like, is it sad people? Like, you're like, oh, man, I don't want them to start crying because I don't know what to do. And I don't want to, like, <laughs> Ugh, ask the question that makes them cry again, you know. Um, or are you someone that's like, oh, I have no problem crying. Crying is not a problem. Like, when people are sad, I am the shoulder that they are missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's the abrasiveness that you can't be with. Like, it's like, you know, is it because you're... Because your parent was, uh, you know, quite the authority figure. And so now it's like every authority figure um, that doesn't show sheer gratitude, happiness or value you uh, triggers you. Right. And so that it makes me think of like if you practice with a roommate, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're a level three trigger. And then, you know, maybe your boss is like a level seven trigger and then maybe your dad's a level 10. Right. So it's like you actually get to heal all of that, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes me think of one of our other roommates who, you know, got to lovingly confront her boss. And it's like, Mm. had she not been working on the material, she likely would have got fired. And, you know, the outcome could have been different. But instead, she got to, you know, stand and ask for what she wanted and really, you know, come from a, a place of compassion and understanding and really just like talk. Yeah. Talk it out. And, you know if you don't work on the material, it's almost like what you resist persists. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you want to dodge this one abrasive person, it's like, you're going to get six more mm-hmm. or you'll just happen to notice like, why does this keep following me? Like, why do I keep finding people that remind me of my mother? Like, why do I keep getting involved with abrasive individuals with authority figure issues or like, um, and then it'll show up everywhere and then I'll just be like, Work on me. <laughs> the time is now. And and that's, you know, really where the medicine comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... It's like giving someone the opportunity, inviting them to do it now rather than later when you have the loving confrontation mm-hmm. because you're just addressing the thing head on mm-hmm. and doing it from a, you know, hopefully from a different place. You're not coming with anger and resentment. You're coming with compassion and love and you get to give that energy to them you get to give that 
invitation of meeting you there rather mm-hmm. than in anger or resentment or absolutely and that makes me think of that quote like killing them with kindness mm-hmm. like it's a whole nother angle mm-hmm. it's like you're showing up with love yeah you know and if you you know really want to break it down and i can't think of an example in this moment but it's like at the end of the day if it's not love it's fear yeah right so it's like if they're afraid of not being enough because no one's paying attention or if they're afraid that like no one loves them because not all eyes on are on them. Like they're totally sitting in a puddle of fear Yeah, and you throw more fear and anger at them. It's like, that doesn't solve anything. <laughs> like that just adds more fuel to the fire. Right. Yeah. So how can you in practicing in small areas with small things, then be just be love in more places and spread love and come from love and like what becomes possible and at your fingertips from that place. And like, are you willing? Mm-hmm. Like you can, there's like, a, there's a t- three survival mechanism facets where it's like you're either an attacker, you're either a quitter or you're a sufferer. Mm. So it's like you continue to suffer through it until you want to rip your hair out. You can absolutely attack somebody until you realize like you're not getting in and they're just awful people you want to write off or you can be a quitter and avoid it. But it's like, no matter what, those are all going to catch up to you. (laughs) There's going to be a point where you're just like, I can't keep avoiding this or I can't, or you can, but then it's it's just brutal. Where do you stop the cycle and say, no, I'm just going to actually ask for the love that I want and the love that I want to see in you. Absolutely. And so that's really what we want to dive in last as part of our, like, you know, what do you want to take away and what can you take on? And while the stories may not be the same as yours and they may have their varying differences, like where can you see and hear yourself in them? And we're going to walk in, walk into uh, the next segment, (laughs) really just like understanding, like, how can you practice asking for the love that you want? How do you define that? What does that even look like? What does that mean? And, you know, where can you practice asking today? Like, how, how does that look? How do I, how do I create it so that it goes differently and again just be open to the possibility and come from love and really anything can be possible so we're really Mm -hmm. excited to jump into that last segment and expand on that because it's so powerful and this kind of work really creates a different life and recreates relationships in a more loving kind of way so tune in Lex we're going to dive in more and share what you can take on today Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlerner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. This is Bill Gruber with BizVid Communications, a Southern California video production leader. We've been honored to sponsor, produce, write, and host many of the fine programs on WS Radio over the years. So we understand how important the internet and your website exposure are. As video producers, we know the tricks and secrets to incorporate video to increase your search engine optimization and business success. Visit BizVidCommunications.com to see what we can do for you. B-I-Z-V-I-D Communications.com. 
Looking to be a successful entrepreneur? The virtual assistant industry continues to be a top choice for those looking to start their own business. The problem can be how to become a virtual assistant. Many turn to the Bible of the VA industry, the book, Virtual Assistant, the series. And it's the perfect guide for office managers, executive assistants, and other administrative professionals looking to make the transition from employee to successful business owner. Go to vatheseries.com to get your copy today. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting thereinventionworkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to thereinventionworkshop.com today. That's thereinventionworkshop.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Talk to me. Information, news, and entertainment on demand. WSRadio.com Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. All right, welcome back to the last segment of this amazing podcast around loving confrontation. And we really touched on a story that like moved me beyond words. Um, it was really funny to just come home from New Zealand and be like, how was your trip? Yeah, I saw a lot of really cool things. But oh my gosh, the way that I transformed my relationship with my aunt <laughs> left me feeling so empowered. Like I'm going to go home for the holidays. Um, I'm so excited to recreate my relationship with my dad and to literally bring absolutely everything we've talked about um, today to him and just see what's possible from there. Like I, I feel so like, oh man, you know, a lot of her response was like, oh, it's learned behavior. This is how my dad was. This is how your brother, her brother is my dad. Um, I confused that, but that's okay. My grandfather (laughs) and my dad. Uh, And like I, it gave me so much forgiveness. Like it gave me Mm -hmm. access, access to so much forgiveness because this is how, they were brought up. This is how it was modeled for them. You know, this is how he was shown to, to show love. And what if I just asked for what I wanted? Like, what if I literally, all I had to do was just ask. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. 
right? <laughs> so when I got my tickets to go home, it was kind of this moment of like, hey, dad, like, look, like all I want is to be your like six-year-old daughter. And I literally just want hugs in every moment and to like melt on your lap and just like have all the love and attention that I've always ever wanted and like was never... I like I had literally had no idea I could just ask for that. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, I don't yeah. Um but like in being around people and having it modeled differently and just being curious and asking others, you know, what what they've received and you know how that's gone. Um it was just so openly received. He was like, "Oh my gosh, like I have so many hugs for you." And I, you know, and I kind of even like, "Yeah, and when I forget, <laughs> if you could just remind me, you know." Um, and really just being like at cause, like at cause for having it going differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind blowing. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know it was that easy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and sometimes it's not, but right. like, but when you get to invite people into that vulnerability, like there's, I mean, when you don't do that, there's 0% chance it will change. When you do mm-hmm. that, you know. It it is a big invitation for people to meet you where you're at and for them to step out of their comfort zone. And sometimes that's not comfortable for people. And sometimes all they needed was to be asked. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's part of the medicine, too, is just like you asking and then figuring out ways that people can receive it better, like asking for permission right. to reflect something to them. Right. And that's and that's and this is literally this is everything that's going to come out of my mouth for the next seven minutes uh, is is all what was given to me because mm-hmm. I had this confrontation with my aunt. And it's like this was a woman who I feel safe with, who's always guided me, was my mentor growing up. She was the only person I like felt was a role model or looked up, I looked up to. That um, just was an unconditional love. Like right. she gets me, understands me. We're basically the same person. And I felt safe. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, maybe she was a good place to practice for me. You know, maybe your friends are the safest place for you to practice. But I realized how much or how often are we asking for permission? Mm -hmm. Right. Like I, I, you know, we had this conversation where she was open and willing and she was like, well, how do you do it differently? Mm. You know, and I just like sat there and I was like, man. So if you see someone who's displaying patterns of things that you do, whether it's disordered eating or whatever, I'll, I, you know, I'll just continue with the theme, but it's like, you know, if you see someone that's struggling with food and you've been there, you know, you're automatic maybe like, hey, like stop doing that. You're going to get fat, right? Like, which isn't maybe going to be openly received, <laughs> you know? Hey, slow down. You're eating too fast. Oh, wait, you have two bites less. Bummer. Like, um, but what if you ask them permission, right? Like I have a busy... Uh, roommate who I'm like, Hey, I, I mean, I have some suggestions. Like, I don't know if you're open to listening, you know, it's like, what if you put the ball in their court? Yeah. Like the power that that gives them, they have the choice to listen to your feedback or your criticism or your, um, input Mm -hmm. around how they're doing things. Right. And I think that that's huge. Yeah. I think, allowing people to feel like autonomous in their choices and mm-hmm. not kind of like I mean yeah it, it allows them to not feel attacked almost because mm-hmm. you're you're Pretty, asking you're you know putting them at choice mm-hmm. they have the opportunity to say no mm-hmm. and I mean more often than not I find that people don't say no 
Right. And, you know, they want to know. And being asked is like it quickly drops you into being vulnerable. Yeah. And you're almost like instead of defensive when you're being talked at, it's like you're vulnerable and open to receiving. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is this is kind of like the takeaway portion or the tiny change part is like, you know, this may have only been able to be ha- like to be able to happen because I knew my mom, my mom, <laughs> my mom slash aunt. Um, sorry, mom. Uh, is an unconditional yes. Like she mm-hmm. just unconditionally loves me, and that's clear, right? And I think the next piece that came out for me was like, when we're talking to our friends, do they know that you love them unconditionally? Right. Like, you know, do you need to state that? Like, hey, I have something for you. Like, are you open to it? Yeah, I am. And then kind of like, what is the power of like, you know, I love you, right? Like, you know, you know, I don't know. the I don't have the finesse behind that yet because I'm still practicing. So, you know, you love you may put people back in defense. <laughs> you know, you know, you can work on that yourself. But it's just kind of like reminding them I love you and I'm here for you. And I'm like, just it's like re-acknowledging the foundation of your yeah. relationship is love and not. Exactly. Something else. Because I wonder half the time when you're confronting a friend, if they're concerned, they're going to lose you. Mm-hmm. Or if they're concerned, you're going to hate them. Yeah. Or if you're concerned, right? Like it's so natural and that's okay, right? And so the tiny change is just to practice one time. Mm-hmm. One time this week. If What if you notice? And maybe it takes you no, like saying the, the automatic thing a dozen more times this week before you're finally like, oh man, I could have, should have, would have. Um, okay, that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Cool. Maybe you don't do a tiny change until next week, right? But it's just like notice the opportunities you could have had to like maybe I have something for you and maybe asking someone the permission to speak to that thing. And the next piece is really just kind of like approaching it with curiosity. Yeah, I mean, I feel like even within having curiosity around this situation, there's a place where we can have curiosity for how we've learned to receive criticism. You know, we can be curious about our own response to loving confrontation and how, you know, a lot of culture might breed the feeling of flaws as being bad and, you know, need to be rejected. Whereas we can be curious about what that actually means about us and how we can work towards accepting those pieces of ourselves and being Mm -hmm. willing to hear them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, really, I don't think it's a step by step, but just coming with curiosity and, and you know, meeting people with permission and, and really just conveying love. And whether mm-hmm. it's you're triggered or after when you're being triggered, um, just practice asking in whatever shape or form that looks like. There's literally no wrong way to ask. There's only a million ways to try. And, you know, you actually can be a demand for what you want in asking and you don't actually get to know what it is that it looks like or the way that you want to receive love until you try on a couple of different ways and find out that maybe those aren't it. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything I want to leave you with today is just the power of asking, ask for what you want, recreate what it looks like and really just get clear that you only get to find out through asking Mm -hmm. and there's so much love available and so much power in it and there's such a gift that you get for just being at cause and demanding that you have it go the way you want and just soak it up the world's your oyster get out there and shuck it and tune in next time and we'll dive in 2018 have a happy new year
Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past. I raised $8,000 to build schools for South African children. After realizing how many people go hungry in San Diego, I now volunteer at a food pantry. I'm spending the next year doing volunteer projects across three countries and helping in ways they designate to be the most helpful. The World Link program at the Joan B. Kroc Institute for Peace and Justice recognizes the potential of youth as agents of social change. Learn how you can help youth become a generation of leaders in action at peace.sandiego.edu. Hi, Scale Listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CM founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. 